13 life groups with uh, around 120 so uh, people here on Sundays on average or so, that is enough lifeboats for our congregation. And we're gonna continue. As we continue to grow, we were gonna continue to need life group leaders. So if you've been in a life group for a while, you have plenty of testimonies to share about how powerful it is. And even life group leaders have plenty of testimonies as well. Um, and I wanna talk more about life groups, which is kind of where my message starts today. And it starts with the fact that in my life, there have been many a times where I have felt alone. There have been many times where I've felt alone. And, and if you're here today, maybe you can also re recognize and say, yeah, I've felt alone at different times in my life. And it's, it's kind of just what makes us human, but we're not meant to be alone. And God's greatest design for us is that we would never stand alone, which is the title of my message. And of this, I have one big main point that's gonna take place today, and I'm gonna kind of break it down and, and walk through it today. This big main point for us that I want us to consider, that I want us to ponder today, is that we're created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. We're created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. And I'm gonna walk through this. I'm gonna go through some points of, of, of this actual phrase, but um, today you're here. You're, you're in church, you're, you're part of a church. Even if it's your first time, you're here. You're created for connection. We are created for connection with God and with others. I wanna start in Ephesians chapter two. It says, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. I wanna highlight, you belong here. So for the first time guests today, I'm speaking to you. You may have walked in here and you may have felt like this wasn't necessarily for you or you didn't want to walk in those doors. There was a lot of warfare taking place before you came in today and, and you felt alone until today. Well, here you are. You're here, you belong here, you're here on purpose, you're here by design, and we are glad that you're here. You have as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us into it. Ultimately, what we get to here is that we together make up the church. We make up the church. It's not church. Yes, many people can look at it and say, oh, that's a church, that's a building. No, the church is the people that are in the building. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. And he's, he's putting us together brick by brick, stone by stone. And these stones that I have stacked here, there's gonna be a couple different, different representations that I'm gonna be using today. But he says the chief cornerstone, I, I wanna turn it to a firm foundation. If I didn't have the most solid stones right here at the very bottom of this, this thing will crumble. Believe me, I know because when I was testing to make sure I didn't make it tumble on a Sunday morning, it kept falling over. 
and I thought I may have broken the floor, but it's a concrete floor, it doesn't chip that easy. And uh, ultimately, I know that if I take these out, this will fall. There must be a firm foundation in our life. And just as the church, he's putting us together, brick by brick, stone by stone. These are not perfect shapes. They're not perfect stones. They're not meant to necessarily fit, nestle up right next to each other and fit perfectly. None of us are meant to be perfect. We all have different gifts, different unique talents that the Lord has blessed us with. And as we come together, it makes a great holy temple. You see, even though we created for connection, our tendency is to drift toward isolation. And it's not just a, it's not just a, a subtle drift. I mean, it may look like it at times, but what are some ways where we may drift toward isolation? You may be asking that question. Ultimately, it comes down to the fact that when we get on social media, we make a post, and we have all these followers, and we get all these comments and, and likes, and we, we continue to check after we make a post who commented, who liked. We care so much about what others think of us, but what are we in real life? Because we're so much, we spend so much time on, on social media, and maybe the older generation, not as much, but this younger generation, this young adult generation, and the, the youth, and everybody else coming up, they're so focused on social media that they feel so isolated. You wonder why, why so many people deal with anxiety, depression, fear. It's because their life revolves around social media and what others think of them. And we begin to drift, and then they, they realize they have nobody to talk to about their inadequacies that social media makes them feel because they see a picture of somebody, they say, I want that. I want to look that way. They, they realize that this person, they have so much joy in their life, I want to live a life that they have. I want the job that they want. I want the marriage that they have. Because ultimately, social media as a whole is just one big, uh, one big highlight reel of people's lives. So then they, people, we, we look at social media and we, we begin to feel down on ourselves. We feel inadequate. We feel alone. Because we don't have somebody to actually talk to about the inadequacies that we feel and life. And this could even take place in marriages where you may be married, you may be together, but one starts to drift because of stress or fear, whatever it may be. And then instead of making time to make sure you're connected and being intentional in that connection, one begins to drift and then the other begins to drift. And we wonder why the divorce rate's so high because we're not being intentional in our connection. Guys, we're created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. And what do we do? We're called to fight the drift. Fight the drift. It's a fight worth fighting. It is a fight worth fighting. And maybe even you've missed a Sunday and you felt shame. Maybe you've missed two Sundays, three Sundays, and you felt shame of, of the fact that you missed church. So then you begin to drift because you don't want to show back up because then people are going to realize you were gone for so long. Well, here's the deal. I know when people are gone. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter whether you come back or not. It does matter to me. I want you to come back. I want you to be in church. But I still notice. And then my heart just, I just begin to pray. But we want you here. Don't feel ashamed because you miss a Sunday. Don't feel ashamed because you miss two or three. Don't feel ashamed if you have your children in service with you and they're being loud, I don't care. I promise you. Because just a year ago, we had no children. We had two or three, but it's a low amount. 
And when we have full classrooms with, with people, dream teams serving, it makes my heart happy. It fills the Father's heart even more so. Don't feel ashamed. Don't drift because of what people may think or what you're feeling. And you may say, how do we fight the drift? We win the, we win the fight by never standing alone. And there's gonna be three thoughts that I wanna share with you today about how we fight this drift, how we never stand alone. The first is to remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. And this is one of my representations today. Uh, there's 12 stones here. If anybody knows the story of Joshua and the 12 stones, it happens in Joshua chapter four. And the Israelites and Josh, they're, 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 uh, Israelites are wandering for 40 years and God split the Red Sea, but he also split the Jordan for them to cross on dry ground. But as he's doing so, we pick up in chapter four, verse 21. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Because God told Joshua, pick up 12 stones, stack them on one another, one by one. Because in the future, your children will ask. This is, a, this is something we could take away because in the future, all the things you're going through now, all the things that God has brought you out of now, your children will ask. And it is your job to share the faithfulness of God in your life. Even though maybe your children, you don't have children yet, but you can share it and you can share it with grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Great they could be the legacy of the faithfulness of God in your life that you can continue to share because your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites cost the Jordan on dry ground. What I think so, is so awesome about this is, is that, yeah, the Jordan was split so they could cross on dry ground. It, and, and it doesn't just say just so they could cross. It says so they could cross on dry ground. So not only was the water split just so they could get through. You know, when it rains, even though it's not raining, the ground's still wet a little bit. Well, I picture this and I think, no, the ground wasn't wet at all. It was dry ground. I mean, all the moisture, gone. And some people may be here today like, that's not possible. Not by human standard, no. But we, have, we serve a God of the universe. He can do all things. There is nothing impossible for him. And that is what's so great about being in a relationship with Jesus. Because God is faithful. Even if we can't see it. Even if we can't see it. There are times where it's hard. I recognize there's people here today that they they're, they're like, I don't see the faithfulness of God in my life in the past or right now. And that's a that's, that's very real feeling. I'm not saying that that's not worthy, but here's the thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's the abandonment. Maybe it's the abandonment that was faced by a family member. Or maybe your parents, biological parents left you and you're adopted and you felt abandonment in your whole life. Maybe it's the abuse that a trusted loved one had against you. Where is God's faithfulness in this? Maybe it was when you witnessed a loved one lose their battle to disease or sickness. Where is God's faithfulness? Maybe it's a mental illness that you personally struggle with or somebody you love and know that they've struggled with? Where's God's faithfulness? Maybe it's you made a decision that altered your life incredibly so much that you ruined your life. You believe you ruined your life and those around you 
And now you carry, because of a mistake, you carry so much guilt and shame. Where is God's faithfulness? See, when it's hard to see God's faithfulness, we must rely on God's people. They will point us back to the truth of the word. They will always point us back to the truth of the word. And ultimately, it comes down to getting the right people in your life. We must rely on God's people to point us back to his faithfulness. Because everybody needs somebody. We remember God's faithfulness. We rely on God's people. And the difference between where you are today and where God wants you to be depends on having the right people in your life. Having the right people in your life. Not just not just anybody, okay? You may say, no, I got, I got a group. I got a community. I got a community. Yeah, but if it's, your still, if, if it's still your high school friends that are still drinking every night, smoking every night, drugs, strip clubs, whatever it may be, if they're the wrong people. Just to say I'm not alone doesn't necessarily mean you, you aren't alone. You just have the wrong people in your life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse seven says, leave the presence of a fool for you will not find knowledge or hear godly wisdom from his lips. Leave the presence of a fool. Some of us today may have to recognize what relationships do we have to let go of and what relationships do we have to step into? Because ultimately what it comes down to is the wrong people will always result in the wrong results. It will always be the wrong results. But the best part is that the right people, not only will you get the right result, but you will also get the right direction because they're gonna lead you in a path that maybe you've never even known. Maybe you've never even known about, but they will always get you there. And you say, how do I find the right people, Ross? How do I do that? I believe there are three ways to find the right people. Three ways to find the right people. The first of which is start serving. Why, why do I say start serving? Because when, we, when we're serving, we are being selfless. And sometimes, oftentimes, we need to, to work through something. We need to start serving others and focus on what we can do for others. And it helps us in that process. Plus, we're walking alongside people who are going the same direction. We want to surround our people who are going in the right direction. The second of which is get in a life group. If I could command it for everybody, I would. But I recognize, you know, Lord gave us free will, you get a choice. And uh, there's just so much power in life groups. You need to find your people. You need to find your tribe. And, it, and it's important because he's building, this, he's building his church stone by stone, brick by brick. Then we need to get in a life group. We need people that we do life with. It's not just a season. Yeah, we do seasons of life groups, semesters. But it is, that is what builds the church. We here at Life Church, we are a church of life groups, not a church with life groups. My hope, my dream, my prayer for this campus is that every single person who attends here is in a life group, is in a life group once a year. I'm not saying you have to lead it. I mean, we do need life group leaders, don't get me wrong, but I want every single person in here to go through a life group at least once a year. There's life groups for anything, anything. You want a kayak? Start a life group. Get a bunch of people who want to kayak. You're gonna go float down White River? It's dirty, but hey, go. Start a life group. We're not responsible for any diseases you may get in the White River. 
okay? But I'm serious. You can do life group of anything. You like working on cars? You got a car project that's in your car and you just want to hang out with, with other dudes? Cool. Start a life group. Like you can do it. You can have one for everything. And there's so much more joy when we get to do life with other people. We're created for connection, but we drift toward isolation. And third way to find the right people ultimately is, yes, maybe you're here and you say, yeah, I started serving. I am serving. And I'm in a life group. I still feel isolated. Well, it's time to get real with someone. Quit hiding behind the mask. Quit being too prideful in your life and start getting real. And I, I say that not to condemn, not to shame, but I'm, I'm being completely honest. I was there. I was there where there were times in my life where I didn't share anything with anybody. I'm, I'm the lone ranger. I can do it all on my own. But it always ended up in fear. It always ended up way worse than I ever could have imagined. But it's because I was isolated. Yeah, I had my group of people, but I wasn't sharing even when, and when I started my relationship with the Lord, I didn't, I didn't start just sharing, but then I realized I have to be vulnerable. And as a man, the word vulnerability, that word is scary. But it's time to get real. It's time to start sharing about what is holding you down. Because here at Life Church, we, we care about men. We care about the women. We care about the marriages. We have life groups for it all. But we must get real with somebody in our life. We need to find, your, find our people. We need to find our tribe, and we have to get real. Quit hiding. We can't wait any longer. Jesus is coming back. Do I know when? No, but he is. It's time to get real because ultimately God is building his church stone by stone. And when we get real with somebody, when we allow ourselves to get real, to get transparent, to get vulnerable, we release the power of your story. It's time to release the power of your story. And this happens in life groups. It happens certain people on the stage. For me, I despised sharing my story because there was so much shame in it. You name it, I did it. Women, drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is, you name it, I probably did it. Here's the thing. I held my story back for so long that when I finally decided to release the power of my story, other people came up to me and said, I needed to hear that. I've been there. I am there right now. How did you do it? You don't realize what other people are going through until you decide to share your story and get real and get vulnerable. Because ultimately, we talk about David and Goliath. We, we, we know David slaying Goliath the giant, right? Very simple, five, five smooth stones. Here's the deal. Goliath was not David's personal giant. Goliath was just the giant that was defying his people. And there were five smooth stones, and we look at these smooth stones, and we think to ourselves, how does this become this? How does something so rugged and ugly per se, some people may say, get to a beautiful smooth stone. It's because they go through the rivers, the flowing rivers, bouncing around off each other, sand brushing against them like sandpaper. It all becomes something that will create a smooth stone. Maybe it's the betrayal of a loved one. 
Somebody you knew and trusted betrayed you. Maybe it was the, the, the divorce that you thought was gonna take you out, that you thought that you would never be able to, to grow from, that you thought you would be alone forever because of this divorce, because it was so ugly. Maybe it was the addiction that you thought was gonna take you out, that you just feel like you have no power, you have no authority, that you just can't get over. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one, loss of a child, loss of a family member, that you thought, I'm no way I'm gonna be able to recover from this. Maybe it was a failed business. You took a leap of faith, the business failed. All of these things create the smooth stone. We take this and all the things that we face, all the trials, because there's gonna be trials in life, all the tribulation is basically just taking it down and it's making a smooth stone. And this brings the, the five smooth stones. But if you never went through all that, your stone may look just like this, rugged, but all those things created this smooth stone. And ultimately, what I'm getting at is that your story can be the stone that takes down somebody else's giant. Amen. It's time to release the power of your story. It's time to get real. At the end of all this, we must recognize that everybody needs God, everybody needs somebody, and somebody needs you. You may sit here today and you think, I don't understand. How would somebody need me? I'm so broken. I don't have it all figured out. Hey, deal breaker, maybe, I don't know. I don't have it all figured out. But I don't think that's a deal breaker. I think it's the fact that we can be honest, we can be transparent, we can be vulnerable with one another here at this campus, in our life groups. And the God, God of the universe has only begun. He's only just begun here. But the moment I shared my story for the first time, the moment I got into a life group for the first time, the moment I looked back at his faithfulness in my life, there's a lot of peace that came. A lot of answered prayers that took place. And there's an affirmation that's, it's in your notes that you got on the way in. And I want you to take this and it'll be on the screen if you wanna take a picture. But I want you to read this over yourself, over your children, over your grandchildren, over your great-grandchildren, generations to come. I want this to be a culture in your homes that I want to win the fight against isolation. I need the right people in my life. I want to have the courage to share my story. Maybe it's one of those things that hit closer to home than the other. Maybe you got the other two figured out, but you just need the courage. There's no shame in your story. There's no shame in your history. You spell out history, H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, his story. It's what it all points back to is Jesus. What is he doing in your life? What has he done? It's not about your failures, but it's about his victories. Because what God meant for evil, or what the, the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. All of this abandonment, the abuse, the guilt, the shame, the mental illness, lost battles, life, lost life to disease. What the enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. He can and he will. Doesn't matter what season you're in today.
ultimately comes down to the fact that you don't have to have it all figured out to get in a life group. You don't have to have it all figured out to come to church, to give your life to Jesus. He just wants a relationship with you. Let him take care of the rest. If you're like me, then this will be easy for you because you can just jump in, not having to have it all figured out. If you're, if you're like my wonderful, beautiful bride, she's got to have a plan for everything. We're complete opposites in this regard. <laughs> but she brings out the good in me. Maybe you're, trying to, you're sitting here processing, what will happen if I do this? Trying to process what people may think. Trying to process, well, okay, if I do this, then I'll have to do this, and then I'll have to do this. Get out of your head. Just say yes to Jesus today. 